Hello, everyone. I am Megan Barber. And I'm Philip Gallion. And we welcome you to another episode of Seasons at Stone River. So this episode, we are going to be discussing St. Patrick's Day, because it was observed on Wednesday, March the 17th. So it's the feast day of St. Patrick, who is the patron saint of Ireland. So, Philip, what have you heard about St. Patrick before? What I know about St. Patrick, it's kind of interesting. When I was in college, our choir went over to Ireland and Northern Ireland for a choir tour over spring break. And it actually happened to coincide with St. Patrick's Day. And so, like, we had somebody, like an Irish historian, come with us and kind of give us some some details about it. And what, or at least what I know is that he being St. Patrick, he lived from 389 to 461. Uh, You know, at the age of 16, Patrick, he was kidnapped from his home by Irish raiders, and he was taken to Ireland. He was sold as a slave to a chieftain and was forced to herd livestock. And so after six years of slavery, Patrick, he escaped to his native country of Britain. And while he was there, he devoted himself to ministry because Patrick was of the belief that his captivity and deliverance were ordained by God. And and while he was studying for the priesthood, he had this reoccurring dream that beckoned him to return to Ireland, the place that he had fled from. And so he convinced the superiors, rather, to allow him to return to Ireland in 432. So instead of seeking revenge for the injustice that had happened to him before, Patrick went back to Ireland seeking reconciliation reconciliation and allowed him to be more open to sharing his faith with with those that he came into contact with. Patrick is known for bringing Christianity to Ireland, and and that's where he spent the rest of his life establishing churches and uh, the monastic communities across Ireland. You know, he's got a legacy. He's got the influence. And and so I, I find it remarkable that he would be willing to forgive and to seek the welfare of those who have harmed him. So, Megan, what do you, like, when you hear that story and when you hear hear his response to how he was treated like what what does that bring up it's fascinating because that is not most of our human nature response right just to forgive those who have caused us harm but to go back to country in which he was held captive and to seek to bring his christian beliefs and how god had brought him from captivity to deliverance and to share that with the people of ireland inspiring because i don't know if i could have that same response absolutely there's a lot of things that are problematic i think but for god to do that transformative work in him to bring him from the place of anger and the place of hurt and shame to reconcile him back home so much so that he devoted himself to ministry and then for God to call him to go back and to serve those who once held him captive is insane. And what I find the most fascinating about it is that Patrick could have went back and would have been killed by trying to convert the pagans. Mm-hmm. But instead, he lives another 30-something years there enough to see this transformative work transpire and to see people to come to know Jesus and to even set up these communities of faith there. Like he is why Christianity mm-hmm. <laughs> came to Ireland. 
Yeah, and, and you see almost a different response from Patrick than you see f- from Jonah. Because God told Jonah, hey, you're going to go over to Nineveh. And Jonah's like, oh, absolutely not. And like heads the other direction. He wants nothing to do with it. And so like instead of having that response of Jonah, Patrick did something that is pretty countercultural to what probably back in the day that he was taught to do because Britain was a safe place for him. But he believed that God was calling him to step out into faith and go back to a place of vulnerability and be able to share the gospel that way. So there's a couple of different legends of St. Patrick that I want us to talk about. When you think of like legends of St. Patrick, um, what's one that comes to your mind? One of them is definitely the story about driving the snakes out of Ireland. He was undergoing a 40-day fast on top of a hill while he was doing this fast that a bunch of snakes started attacking him. And so it's believed that St. Patrick actually drove these snakes into the sea. And so then he rid all of Ireland of these snakes, and snakes have never been in Ireland again. And I think what's quite interesting to note with this legend is that there, there doesn't seem to be any fossil evidence that snakes ever existed in Ireland. Who knows? It could have been like an Aesop fable. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. This is why there's no snakes in Ireland. (laughs) But it's quite fascinating to think about this story that's attributed with him. Yeah, absolutely. It's really fascinating because this is one of the things that our tour guide, when we were talking about St. Patrick, when I was in Ireland, that he brought up. And it's it's just super fascinating. And another one uh, that we were talking about, too, is the the legend of the shamrock and this story goes that patrick he was witnessing to the pagans in the land by using a shamrock to explain the trinity you know we we look at a shamrock it's a three-leaf plant on one stalk likewise the holy trinity is three persons and one god the the shamrock it's considered the national flower of ireland and and saint patrick is often portrayed with holding it you know megan you're on Wednesday night, you and Ted have been going back and forth talking about the Trinity in its different pieces. And so when when you hear this, like, how does that resonate with what y'all have been talking about on Wednesday night so far? Yeah, I think it's another great example of an illustration of the Trinity. And actually, we have talked about the water analogy, about how, you know, liquid water, vapor, and ice, they're all water. We just experience those in three different ways. Then another one is that Scott Erickson um, painting that I have. You have the three persons of the Trinity sitting around a table and they have one goblet that's being filled and they have another goblet that they're pouring into the other person. Mm -hmm. And so I find it quite fascinating because then it shows the unity, but the distinctness of the triune God and how we experience God, the father, God, the son and God, the spirit and very vastly different ways but yet they're all god and we don't have three gods we only have one god yeah and so i think that when you have those illustrations they really help resonate and i think back to um christmas so this year we actually got an upside down tree Hmm. and the story behind it very similar to this legend is of saint boniface and apparently saint boniface had saw a bunch of pagans worshiping a tree And it happened to be a cedar tree. And then he cut the tree down. And then he turned it upside down and showed them the Trinity. And so we hear these stories about how these saints took some of the very ordinary concepts that were in everyday culture of that time. And they 
reinterpret it or right interpret it, right? So when when we look at this idea of these saints using these very ordinary things to explain their faith, it really makes me think of a lot of Jesus's parables mm-hmm. where he takes what's around them, like the mustard seeds that are growing or the fig tree that they pass by and the fields and the farmers throwing the seeds. And he uses all of these very ordinary everyday things that people see on a daily basis to bring in, in the holy. Mm-hmm. And so just like this, I find Patrick taking something very common, a shamrock in Ireland. And these pagans were worshiping it in a different way. And he takes this that they've seen multiple times and say, Hey, let me tell you about this God that I worship. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you about the Holy Trinity and whether or not he actually ever did that. I still find it just so fascinating and how it actually just, like I said, is so biblical for that to happen. And it makes me wonder if over time that our own evangelism has gotten more complicated than what it needed to be, mm-hmm. that maybe we go back to some of these more simple concepts of taking the very common things or how we experience God and in, in the ordinary everyday and, and sharing that instead of these big grand stories that we feel like we must have mm-hmm. that just isn't our representation of how God has intervened in our lives. Yeah. Because I think when, when we interact with people or when we encounter people uh, for the first time, I don't think they're going to respond well to the first thing out of our mouths being, Hey, do you believe in Jesus? It's going to be building relationships and finding and asking simple questions that show a, a deeper care for people than, Hey, do you know Jesus? Because I think like that question is important, but in order to get there, we've got to, we've got to peel back some layers first and like forming relationships and, and being truly curious about someone's life and how we can like bring hope and healing to that, I think will be really important. Yeah. And, and I think that's what the, the story of St. Patrick teaches us, that from here we learn that there has to be forgiveness and there has to be reconciliation for things that are done wrong. It's, again, that idea of the restorative justice of God, Yeah. that you know both the oppressor and the victim are both brought into reconciliation with God. And that's a hard concept, I think, for us to sometimes understand. But I think that's what St. Patrick teaches us here by going back and doing the difficult of sharing the good news with those who have hurt us. And like I said, I don't think a lot of us would just be able to do that, I guess, as gracefully as he did. And I think another thing here, again, is we should hate snakes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I personally do not like them and will be terrified of any kind of snake, whether it's poisonous or not, but um, that's, that's for another day. Yes. There is a reason why um, Satan presented himself as a serpent in the garden. <laughs> right. No, but I, I do think that again, it's, it's standing firm in our faith, even in the midst of fear, faith that is helping us overcome our fear. Yeah. 
And then I think that the last thing we take away is that concept. How do we recognize how God is moving in our ordinary everyday parts of our life? And how can we take those experiences Mm -hmm. and share those with others? So any other thoughts? This is something that I do like to talk about. This is something that not enough people know about. And I think when we begin to dig deeper into the story of St. Patrick, I think there's a lot of lessons that can be learned from his life. And so this has been a really cool conversation. Yeah, there's definitely much more about St. Patrick's Day than donning the Kiss Me, I'm Irish shirt with the the Irish flag ra- waving in the back and, mm-hmm. and donning our shamrocks and wearing our green. <laughs> like, there is some very spiritual lessons to learn here. Yeah. And it's, what's fascinating, though, about St. Patrick is he never was canonized, but he was a venerated saint. Yeah. So... In terms, that means that he never actually became a recognized saint of the Catholic Church. So he never formally is on any of those lists that we typically see. And so I think that the only appropriate way to end this segment on St. Patrick is to close with um, one of his prayers that are actually in our United Methodist Book of Worship. Let us pray. Christ be with us, and Christ before us, Christ behind us, and Christ in us, Christ beneath us, and Christ above us, Christ on our right, Christ on our left, Christ where we lie, Christ where we sit, Christ where we arise, Christ in the heart of everyone who thinks of us, Christ in every eye that sees, in Christ in every ear that hears us. Salvation is of the Lord. Salvation is of the Christ. May your salvation, O Lord, be ever with us. Amen. I think that is something that we all need to say every day, that Christ be all around us, in us, and use us to further the kingdom of God. Yeah. And so thanks for listening to us today, and you've been listening to Seasons at Stone River from the Church at Stone River in Decatur, Alabama. 